Welcome to Revive Her, a transformative space where we break down walls to unearth the incredible power that lies within every woman. We're your hosts, Haley and Noel. Dive into candid conversations about entrepreneurship, faith, and relationships, and the journeys that define us. Whether you're a woman who's walking the path of self-discovery or someone who desperately needs to feel understood, Revive Her is your safe space to learn, heal, and grow. Are you ready? Do you ever feel weighed down by your past, unable to forgive yourself for your mistakes? Here's a truth to ponder. God is bigger than our mistakes. He gives us forgiveness and teaches us how to accept ourselves, the past and all. The pain of regret is something that we all experience at some point in our lives, regardless of our age. If you haven't yet, you're going to feel it at some point. It's almost unavoidable. Feelings of regret over one momentary thing we did or said or didn't do can follow us for years. And if nurtured, these feelings can become rooted deep into our souls. And regret is a powerful and sometimes painful emotion that will follow us around if we don't get a handle on it. And we want to give you some story scenarios that maybe out of one of several that we're giving, you can identify with and be like, man, I'm currently feeling that, or I have felt that before, or maybe you're going to feel it in the future. So we want to give you scenarios of things that we know that women have faced and do face on the daily. So you guys can learn how to deal with these feelings and overcome them. Maybe you used to struggle with lying or cheating or stealing or addiction like drugs, alcohol, pornography. Maybe you struggled with unfaithfulness and you have shame of failure. Maybe you started a business and it failed or you have failed over and over and over and you just feel like you cannot move on from that. Or maybe you've made bad parenting decisions. I feel like all the parents can totally relate to this. Like maybe you didn't handle a situation the way that you should have. For me, like when I was younger, I had like attention seeking behaviors and I would lie for attention. Like, I mean, the smallest, most insignificant things I could lie about just to feel loved or yeah. noticed or something. And it followed me around for the longest time because someone would remember something I said. and I'd be like, oh, that wasn't even true. Yeah. And like you feel so guilty and shameful for that area. And like, although I'm an adult now. Like I don't do that anymore. It can still follow me and be like, ah, like I hate that I was ever that person. Like it's embarrassing. I feel shame about it. I want to go back and undo it. And it can make me just cringe. And then I worry about, oh my gosh, if this person remembers me, then like yeah. they're going to judge me now. And it just, it can really get a hold of you. I feel like your past is something that you constantly try to outrun mm -hmm. and we forget that whenever we are saved or whenever we do start that relationship with Jesus, the old has passed away. It's a clean slate, mm -hmm. but that does not mean that you're not going to struggle with overcoming these things. And mm -hmm. everything I listed above, I feel like are things that the enemy will use against you because mm -hmm. he knows it. What is that quote? It says like the enemy calls you by your past, mm -hmm. but God calls you like by your name or mm -hmm. something like that's the truth 
truest thing ever. Like he will call you by your past. But something I've learned is that when you stop answering to the past Mm -hmm. and when you stop answering to those things that they stop having the power to Mm -hmm. overcome you. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. But there are even stories in scripture where this happened. Yeah. The second one that Noel mentioned, I definitely want to hit because this is so prevalent in society is cheating on your spouse or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, whatever the status of your relationship is. So many people have done it or Mm -hmm. you've been the victim of it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people in my life that have been, I know people on both sides and it's been in my family and I've seen firsthand how it destroys both parties. Yes, it's wrong to do, but, and I'm not saying it's not, but I also think we forget to have compassion for the person who's done it. Mm -hmm. Because if you're doing that, you're not, you're not in a mental space of healthiness. If you're a healthy person at that moment in time that you're cheating on your partner, you're not going to cheat on your partner. I think we forget, I'm guilty of it too, of not giving compassion and understanding to the person who has done the cheating because a lot of times they regret it. A lot of times they wish they had never done it. A lot of times they were in a bad place mentally and I'm guilty of it. Like I said, we don't give those people forgiveness. We don't, we, we pass judgment Mm -hmm. on them. We treat them poorly and we, you know, go toward the other person in the relationship and bad mouth them or something. And they're living with this deep regret that they've destroyed something that they never intended to in the first place. If you're the person that's been cheated on, you have regret of, ah, like I didn't love them enough or Mm -hmm. I didn't show them X, Y, and Z. They told me over and over they needed this from me and I didn't take it seriously. There's so many scenarios where regret is going to affect both sides of the table there. Yeah, I feel like so many times we just cling to one side of the story mm-hmm. and we never look at why, you mm-hmm. know, why did that person do that? And I've had to do this myself mm-hmm. lately. Like this is something Drew and I have both had to work through in our marriage and like our parent situations and things like that. Like we've had to really take a step back and say like, man, maybe we only heard one side of the mm-hmm. story or man, maybe we've only been beat to death with one side of the story. And there's always another side, mm-hmm. right? And I always think of the woman who is caught in the act of adultery. Mm-hmm. Like that is the perfect story of this happening mm-hmm. in right in front of Jesus, you know? And he didn't condemn her. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't he didn't treat her the way that we treat people. And she was racked with regret and guilt. Yeah. Like she was destroyed by her actions. Yeah. yeah. Well, you imagine being caught literally in the act. Yeah. Like in the middle of yeah. it. You're in the thick of it. And yeah. it's like, we're about to go take you and throw you at the feet of Jesus. Can you imagine the embarrassment that she felt? Mm-hmm. But to just have Jesus himself tell you, like, just go and sin no more we need to be more like that. Like Mm -hmm. we do need to look at the situation from both sides. It's so easy to get caught up in that one side. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we've all stolen something at one point, even if like, I used to be like, oh no, I've never stolen anything. Like, (laughs) cause we think of like robbing a bank or like taking something from a store or something like big. But I was just telling Noel when I was a kid, uh, we had somebody redoing our deck and he smoked. And I was so curious <laughs> about smoking. I went and I snuck a cigarette out of his pack. Oh my God, my dad's <laughs> going to hear this. And I stole a cigarette out of his pack and I went and got a, a box of matches for my dad's stuff. And I ran onto the hill, like the forest behind <laughs> our house and I lit it and I put it to my mouth and I 
freaked out and I threw it down and I threw it in like this dry brush pile. And then I was like, oh my gosh, the heel's going to catch on fire. <laughs> and I panicked and I just ran off. Yeah. And like that, I had so much guilt and regret for days. I mean, it's a silly example, but like yeah. I stole something and I immediately <laughs> regretted it. And it haunted me for weeks. I was paranoid that my parents were going to find out. <laughs> I was paranoid that I was going to be labeled like a stealer like it was it was awful oh, a smoker yeah yeah stealing smoker and it's such a that's such a silly example but like maybe it's stealing someone's work maybe yeah. it's actually stealing a physical thing like there's so many scenarios of stealing that you know probably feel regret for yeah for sure especially in this social media age we talk about this so much but stealing people's content mm -hmm. it's the same mm -hmm. it's the same thing as Haley stealing a pack or a cigarette <laughs> from her poor innocent little deck worker <laughs> that needed that cigarette to get through the day you stole it and addiction that's another one I think of that this is something people battle behind closed doors is addiction. Mm -hmm. And when addiction is brought to the forefront, it's like you're always shaming people for being mm -hmm. addicted to drugs. You're shaming them for being an alcoholic. You're shaming them for being addicted to pornography. But how many people that we're surrounded by every day mm -hmm. struggle with this behind closed doors? Mm -hmm. You know, it's so many. And they they feel shame, mm -hmm. you know, like the shame that they feel that they are hiding mm -hmm. and doing this and addicted to these things like it's all around us. The more you learn about addiction of, of any kind, I know we often think of addiction as being only like pornography or drugs or alcohol, but addiction can be in any form to any tangible object, to any subject, mm -hmm. to, I mean, anything addiction, it ha like really knows no limits, no. but the more you learn about addiction, and I really encourage you, if you struggle with empathy for addicts or you don't know much about it or there's judgment there learn more about it because when you learn more about addiction itself it is the most heartbreaking thing mm -hmm. they want to do better they try to do better and they are it's a it's a disease like addiction is a disease and they live with so much regret and hatred towards themselves and it's it, like i said if you really learn about it it is so heartbreaking and they just live in the woes of regret daily yeah even as simple as like retail therapy this is something i've been guilty of I love to shop and it's like the joke. I'm mm -hmm. a shopper. Like if you want to go shop and call me, I'll go with you. But for a season of my life, that was how I dealt with my problems. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, I'm having a stressful day at work. Like I'm going to Target or I'm having a stressful day. Like I'm going to go buy me a new outfit. And like, this is something I've worked on in therapy is like, why? Mm -hmm. What's the root? Like I'm not buying all this stuff because I want clothes mm -hmm. or I need clothes. Like it's filling a void. Mm -hmm. It's like how I'm coping, how I'm dealing. And that can become an addiction mm -hmm. in your finances. Like, oh my gosh, I shopped. I spent all our money. Like it spirals. And so people do look at addiction as just drugs, alcohol, porn. But like, what about those things? Yeah. Like what about people who are addicted to food, mm -hmm. you know, like binge eating behind the scenes. Like there's so many addictions that we just, I feel like we turn a blind eye yeah. to them. And you get that hit of dopamine and you get that rush that you're seeking with whatever your addiction is. Yeah. And then what happens next? Immediately you feel regret yeah. that you went and binged or that you went and shopped mm -hmm. or that you watched that video with pornography or that you overdrank. And you know what I mean? All yeah. the, the list goes on and on. But after you feel that good feeling, it's just like how you hear that sin is only pleasurable for a season. Mm -hmm. Like you get that moment of pleasure from whatever it is. And then the next moment it's gone yeah. and you feel regret. You hate yourself for it. There's all these negative feelings and it's not worth it, but that cycle's there. Yeah. 
And the same thing with shame from failure. I always share about, I embrace failure in this season of my life, but I wasn't always like this. You Mm -hmm. know, I've failed publicly. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I have fell flat on my face. And so I feel like so many times, even when I think about my brushes and like launching them the first time, even though I know in my soul that wasn't failure, it feels like it. I'm like, sure you're like, oh, like, I regret it. making that decision. Yeah, I regret it's regret, doing that. so much regret attached to that. Mm-hmm. But rather than feeling that shame and like haunted by my past, all I can do is just move forward, mm-hmm. you know, and rather than running from my failure and feeling shame from it, like trying to outrun it, embrace it, mm-hmm. you know, embrace that failure because it is a part of the process mm-hmm. and bad parenting decisions. Like I could... I could literally preach a sermon on this. <laughs> There's so many times I go to bed at night and I'm like, man, was that too hard on Oakley? Or mm-hmm. like, gosh, did I lose my temper too much on Sailor? Like there's so much just shame and guilt mm-hmm. that comes with being a mom and parenting is so hard. It's the hardest job I've ever had, but that shame can overtake you. There's been times I think of Oakley playing baseball that I have been so hard on him mm-hmm. that it like hits me like a ton of bricks, the shame of like how I acted or the shame of what I said. And so many moms struggle with this. We're not all Pinterest moms out here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this is a real struggle where you just feel shame. I feel like I'm not a good enough mom because Mm -hmm. I do that and it's not true. Mm -hmm. And so rather than just honing in on it and letting it define me, doing better next time. That's, yeah. that's key. You get overstimulated as a mom yeah. with all of the noise, with all of the things that are on your plate and you snap and you yell at your kids or you punish yeah. them too harshly or you speak to them in a tone that you just really shouldn't have. And you regret it. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've seen so many of my mom friends just ball and feel like the worst mom on the planet because they regret how they spoke to their children or yeah. how they treated their children. And they carry that because you know, it's going to happen more than once. That's, it's just parenting. It's just life. It's yeah. going to happen where you regret a lot of things, a lot <laughs> yes. of times. And, but I've noticed with moms, it builds it that does. regret just keeps stacking and stacking and stacking until you're just like, I am a terrible mom. And that becomes your identity. Like the regret, like we talked about earlier, if you don't get a handle on that regret, it becomes a root in you. Mm-hmm. And then that root gives you an identity that's just false. And you're like, I'm a bad mom because I yeah. have all of these regrets that's built up and built up and built up and you don't forgive yourself. And then that becomes your identity, which then is a cycle that you keep making bad decisions because you believe that about yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Something that brought me shame and guilt in parenting was I took my kids to daycare when they were little Mm -hmm. because I worked, I worked Mm -hmm. full time. And so I have this like shame and this guilt that like when my babies were little, I wasn't there. Yeah. I wasn't the one that like raised them quote unquote. And yeah. that's what you make yourself believe. Even yeah. though you were the one that was up all night when they were sick, you were calling yeah. out to work. I felt that shame of like, man, I'm not even raising my own kids, you know, and that can spiral in your work. So I have to really remind myself because I'm like, I'm working. So I'm here with my kids, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm working, working, working. And then you work yourself to death because you have that shame and guilt of the past. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think of Apostle Paul, I imagine that he had so much regret because of his previous actions before his famous conversion in Acts 9. He was Saul then and then later turned Paul, but he passionately defended the Jewish faith 
from the plague of Christianity. Like no one was more averse to the Christian faith than Saul at that time. He literally murdered people simply because they were Christians. He was like, mm, you believe in Jesus dead. <laughs> and until the, until the day that he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And after that one encounter with the living Christ, a switch flipped in his life. And from that day forward, Saul then became Paul. And if you're familiar with his story, he was like the most zealous Christian mm -hmm. and promoter of the Christian faith like ever recorded in history. He is one of my favorite people to learn from because of that radical change. But I, and the Bible doesn't like really talk about this, but I would venture to say like, I think he probably had regret. And at the same time, I think that he is grateful for his past because you learn from regret. Regret fuels you to be better. Yes. It lets you see your testimony. It lets you come out of that season. But I, Paul's human. Like mm -hmm. I bet there was a time that he lived with regret for how he treated Christians for like actually murdering people. Yeah. He preached from house to house. He went from town to town across the world. He was devoted in his every waking moment to building the foundation in the church of Jesus. But because of his misguided past, like again, I said, I'm sure he knew the pain of regret. And from this place of regret, he even talks about in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the call of God in Jesus Christ. So like, he's just, he's literally telling us, put regret away, mm -hmm. put shame away, forget the past, mm -hmm. focus on the future because the past no longer matters in Jesus. Like you're forgiven. It's, it's done. Yeah. So how can we help you overcome your past? So we want to give you some things that you can do to work towards every single day. So these are going to be little action steps that are going to help you overcome your past. So first, simply make it a priority to let it go. Make a conscious effort each day and be mindful. Focus on mindfulness. We may not even realize that we're stuck in the past if we aren't consciously aware of those thoughts that just run amok in our minds. But mindfulness is an important practice for letting go of the past. You focus on the present not on the past and what it was. And I really struggled with mindfulness for the longest time, I think, because I didn't understand it. It's really a therapeutic technique too. Like you're so in like meditation. I always thought meditation was the dumbest thing mm -hmm. in all the land. I was like, that's just some weird Buddhism, <laughs> yeah. frou-frou stuff. And then I learned about it and it's literally like you focus on you're breathing. Like if my thoughts are running amok in my mind and I'm like getting pulled back to mm -hmm. things I've done in the past and I'm feeling all these awful anxious thoughts, it's taking a stop and making your mind focus on something in the present. If whether mm -hmm. it's your breathing or whether it's like watching a bird outside the window or stretching and focusing on that feeling in your muscles, it's being very mindful and present in the moment. And that that forces you to come to the present. Like you're not thinking about your past anymore. So it's a simple Thing, if you can get a hold of, like it really takes you out of focusing on the past. And mindset work to shift your focus. The mindset. So I always tell everyone mindset is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And there is a book. It's Battlefield of the Mind. I think oh, the Joyce name. Meyer. Yes, yeah. that is a great book. Order mm -hmm. that. If you struggle with your mindset, if you struggle with your thoughts just mm -hmm. running rampant, like in your head, <laughs> like mine, sometimes I'm like, I got to shut this down. Yeah. Like it's literally like running wild. That book is so amazing, but you have to condition your mind 
every single day. And sometimes it will feel awkward, but you must condition your mind to stop believing negative self-talk. And this is hard. It's so hard, but there have literally been times that I've been like, stop. Mm -hmm. I just say it out loud. Like whenever I feel my mind spiraling, I will say, stop, Mm -hmm. like, stop it. And I talk to myself, you know, people, I don't do this in public because then people are probably like, who are you talking to? But I have just said like, stop, like stop thinking of this and fill your mind with what is true. Like Mm -hmm. what is pure? What is holy? And try and just focus on the right now. And that's biblical too. Romans 12 says for us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind every day. I mean, it will be, it will be hard work. Like we're not going to sit here and tell you that you're just like, oh, like I'm going to renew my mind today. Like you have yeah. to be, you have to think like, okay, today I'm going to focus on this. Today I am renewing my mind. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm meditating on the right things. That verse you were talking about is in Philippians, like to focus on, on things that are true and holy yeah. and righteous. Like it's, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it is. is. It's hard work to get that point, but then it's going to become a habit for you. It's just going to be part of your day. And surround yourself with positive people. This needs to be like our tagline for Revive Her <laughs> yeah. because we're always saying like surround yourself with positive people but it is so important like you are who you surround yourself Mm. with and I love that quote that's like if you surround yourself with four negative people you're going to be the fifth but if you surround yourself there's like so many like you surround yourself with four millionaires you're going to be the fifth like all that but it's so true because Mm -hmm. if you show me your friends show me your future. And I love that because it is so true. And having that group of just positive people is key. And sometimes this can be a tricky thing because you're like, okay, I found a group of women who are also plagued by their past and Mm -hmm. they have regret problems and they can't let go. So like, we're going to band together and we're going to help each other. And then you just sit and you wallow together. You wallow in your regret and your shame and your guilt. And all you do is complain to each other. And all you do is talk about all your mistakes and all these things. Mm -hmm. And that's getting you deeper into that root. That's that's getting you deeper into those negative feelings. So you have to be careful about who you're actually spending your time with and are they helping you turn that regret into your testimony, you know? Yeah. And focus on the present. So you must also shift your focus to be mindful of the present. Remember that the present is the only time mm-hmm. that matters. The past doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow doesn't matter. Like really center yourself back into that present moment because the future only exists in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. It isn't real. It's not real yet. Yeah. yeah. It hasn't even happened. Like, mm-hmm. and you, I'm so bad for this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm guilty of this. I will build myself up <laughs> and like, I've got this. It's just like up in my head, like, oh my gosh, it's going to be awful. Like all of this. And I build myself up. I give myself anxiety. Yep. I give myself worry, like all of this. And then I get there and I do it. And I'm like, that was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're like, I'm an idiot. Like I've done that so many times. Mm-hmm. And it's because we do that. Like we, we focus on something that isn't even here yet. It just exists in our mind. Mm-hmm just like the future only exists in your imagination, the past only exists in your memory. And okay, take hold of what I'm about to say. Memories can be tainted with falsehoods. Like your memory is not accurate. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that that was the case. Obviously it's a memory. It happened to me. I remember everything. (laughs) My parents and I argue all the time about this time that they forced me 
yes, mom and dad, you forced me <laughs> to eat potato slices with skin on them when I was a child. <laughs> and I threw, I would like, I refused to eat it. I sat at the table and I refused to eat it. And they're like, you're going to sit there until you eat it. I don't care if it's cold. You're going to eat every bite of these and then you can go. And I was just stubborn. Eventually <laughs> yeah. I ate them. And then I started throwing up like the dramatic <laughs> little child that I was. And they were like holding plates under me as I'm throwing up. And I was like, see, and like to this day, we argue, they tell me that it was mashed potatoes. And I'm like, no, it was potatoes with skin on it. Who throws up of our mashed potatoes, mom? And yeah. so like, that's a silly example of like, we, memories can like be false. Like we might think it was one way and it's just simply not. So like, yeah. don't live in the past because you may not even be remembering it properly. Yeah. Like your emotions. What were your emotions in that moment? Yeah. You might just be remembering how emotional you were and not really what happened. Exactly. The only thing that's real is like happening right now in the present. And that's why there's nothing more powerful than our soul to be rooted in the present moment with Jesus and with the biblical foundations free from the past and the future. Yeah, the gift of presence is so powerful. It can bring fulfillment not only to you, but to everyone around you as well. And when you're present, your children benefit. Mm -hmm. Like when you're present, your significant other can feel heard and your relationship benefits from that mm -hmm. and your friendships grow stronger. Like when you think of, man, I don't have any friends. Me and my husband are fighting all the time. Mm -hmm. My kids are getting on my nerves. I have to really sometimes stop and think, okay, why? Mm -hmm. Am I carrying what happened yesterday at work into today, mm -hmm. into my parenting today? Like, am I carrying what we're going to have to do this weekend into today? And it really does. It hurts mm -hmm. the present moment. Yeah. And the last thing, I think this is one of the biggest things. Like if you take nothing else from what we've said, this is the one that you need to monitor and you really need to take and apply is recognize your triggers and work on your response. I used to be so bad to, I don't want to call it wallowing, but like I used to love to watch like Law and Order SVU and shows that like unbelievable on Netflix was about a girl that got raped and no one believed her and all this stuff. And like, I would just watch these things all the time because it was like relatable and like all these things, but it would make me feel worse and it would drudge up things from the past. Mm -hmm. And like, it wasn't good for me. And I, I didn't care at the time and I would do it anyway. And now I know like, okay, there's certain things that I can't watch that mm -hmm. like just don't put me in a good mindset. Yeah. And those are triggers to make regret come up or to make shame and guilt come up mm -hmm. or to make bad situations come up in mind. So like, if you have issues with addiction, if you have issues or regret from cheating on a spouse or being cheated on, whatever it is, don't feel your things. Like know what triggers those thoughts and emotions to come up and it's simply avoid them. Yeah. Even I think of like being defensive when people could simply just say something so simple mm -hmm. or like a simple action that really was not <laughs> like you're just making it something that it's not yeah. over like being defensive. That's a trauma response and a trigger too. Mm -hmm. And so this is something I have to work on with myself is if, if I feel triggered and I feel my defensiveness like rise yeah. up, I'm like, what was that? Like, what was that that triggered me? And then I always have to work on my response. Yes. Like, do not respond immediately. It's mm -hmm. okay to not respond to the text immediately. It's okay to not respond to the comment or the mean message immediately. Think about your response before you send it. Yeah. And a way to do that is reiterating what you said. Why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. Why did that person's statement just now make me feel this way? And discover the root of the why you're feeling this way understand, okay, what emotion am I feeling? Like I might 
think I'm feeling anger, but I'm really feeling shame. Mm -hmm. I might think I'm feeling defensive, but I'm really feeling X, Y, Z. So you have to like identify what you're feeling, why you're feeling it. And then also think of the other person. Like they, they probably have no idea what they said just triggered something so deep within you. They probably said it in just in passing a flighty response of some sort. They probably have no idea that their words carried such weight. So give the other person grace too. And you can also ruin your friendships with this Mm -hmm. because then it's like, okay, now you're acting weird. Now you're distancing yourself. And then everything just spirals out of control when all you had to do is just pause. Mm -hmm. Like just pause and say like, why am I feeling this? I love our pastor always says like, if you constantly feel offended, you're the problem. Like if it's like you're offended over every single thing, it's not everyone around you. Like it's, it's a you problem. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. That, that has like humbled me so many times where I have to say like, okay, is this a them problem or is this a me problem? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's a me problem. Yeah. A lot of times it's just like, you need to get your junk together. You need to stop me. And I say this harshly in a playful tone, but I mean it like you're being overly sensitive. Like you're not dealing with your stuff. Like I, I get what you're going through is real. It's hard. It's deep. It's traumatic. But what are you doing to heal? Mm-hmm. What are you doing to change it? And it goes, it goes back to what you just said. Our pastor says it's just so true. Just remember, once you give your regrets to God, the encouraging thing is they often become springboards that propel you forward in life and into your purpose. So instead of sulking in self-defeat and second guessing, give your regrets to God and let him heal your emotions in your heart. This is a critical step that sets the wheels in motion for you to ultimately fulfill your purpose. So we want to invite you to revive your spirit by meditating on this scripture. It's 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. I love this one. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go deeper, download our seven day guide to revive your spirit in the show notes.